This episode is brought to you by the Ghoulish Gallery, Movies for Days, Dewey Podmonster, The Aardvark and Magic Moshi Do Red Dwarf, Video Tasties, Voices from the Mausoleum, You Gonna Eat That Crust, and Pop Culture Reflections, all members of the You Run Podcast Network, all available at yourunpodcast.com. Mark, I decided today I'm going to start with an insightful thought instead of a joke. But probably prefer the joke than your no, insightful thoughts. <laughs> no, 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 you, you'll like this. So if aliens are real, they obviously monitor our social media and our internet. Yeah? What would make you believe that they would do that? But I, I think that's a good way of them to investigate us to see what we look at online and all of that kind of stuff as well. Uh, 98% of the internet is porn. So if you get abducted and get anally reprobed, remember, they're not being mean. They're just trying to communicate in our own language. <laughs> it's 98% of the internet porn. Is that Alleg- a Allegedly so, yeah. I don't, no. know whether, I, I don't know whether that's true. Fact check. I want fact checks right now to know 98% of the internet is pornography. So someone fact check us, check us and let us know. Come back is 99.9. <laughs> and, oh, before I forget... I'll kill you if this is a joke. You want to die tonight? The You Run Podcast. The You Run Podcast. The You Run Podcast. The You Run Podcast. Why isn't it possible? I can't say nothing. A candy man will get me. You choose the movies. I had a heart on this morning when I woke up, Tina. Had your name written all over it. You score them. Nice fucking model! You review them. For that, you get the head. The whole damn thing. Why not, you stupid bastard? My name is very fucking confused. What's your name? Captain Howdy. Don't want to go fooling around other folks' property. In my goddamn soul. There's a beer. Because after all, this is not our show. This is your show. Welcome to the show. My name is Scott. And my name is Mark. And this is Horror Movie Review, part of the You Run Podcast Network and YouRunPodcast.com. If this is your first time listening, um, I read a lot of people listen to podcasts as a thing. It's a New Year's resolution thing to listen to more podcasts. Apparently so. Uh, Have you got any New Year's resolutions yourself? What are you doing this year? Uh, I'm going to do the same. Well, no, my New Year's resolution this year is to do 365 days of horror movie reviews. That's my resolution this Ooh, year. Oh, yeah, you've got that going on this year, haven't you? Has that started now already then? Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Uh, we're like we're January. Yeah, we're 10, 10, 12 in now. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm all right at the moment. We'll we'll check in when I'm at about 150 and see how <laughs> broken I am. But what? So what I'm doing is I'm watching the movie. And then in the morning before I start work, I'm recording an episode, uploading it, and then starting work. Right. That sounds like a feat, man, to be honest with you. I think it's okay now. My concerns lie around, like, when we get to the summer and, like, what if we go on holiday? What if we do things? Which you will inevitably do. Yeah. So I'll need to find a way to make that work. Hey, that's, not, that's not a bad New Year's resolution, though. You're keeping it real. Yeah. 
We are an interactive horror movie review show. Uh, we let you select the movies and our polls on Instagram. You can score the movies. You share your thoughts. You can even email and call the show. Emails go to yourunpodcast at gmail.com. And voicemails can be left, well, wherever you can do that on social media. If there's a microphone icon where you send a DM, you can record us a voicemail. Uh, we've got a few that we had before Christmas, but I didn't do them last week because didn't really fit last week's special episode i wanted it no. to be more when it's just you and me and not when we had a director on i didn't want to didn't no, want to intrude on on his movie um so we got a few and i'll be honest i don't know where i'm going to start because i didn't label any of them so let's see what we get mark i am one million percent with you jurassic park is definitely horror um scott i kind of see the point you're making with the kids and everything but at the same time there are adults that can watch horror movies and be like well that's not scary that's not terrifying so it's tough to take the perspective and use that as the basis for an argument that it's not horror um also exactly. i had reoccurring nightmares for years about dinosaurs i don't know if it came from jurassic park but dinosaurs are scary, like terrifying. So yeah. I got you, Mark. This this is definitely horror. They're big turkeys. They say it in the movie. <laughs> I'm not being funny, but big fucking turkeys are scary. This this is this is true. Um, I believe I heard my name, and as the world's foremost Jurassic Park expert, self-proclaimed. I feel that this is a topic that I can speak on. Being that my parents made me read the book back in 1993 before they would take me to the theater to see the movie when I was 11. And as an adult, I would have to say that this franchise is the single most like influential cinematic influence on my nerdy life. But the question at hand is... If Jurassic Park is a horror movie, and I have to say that it's not, I'd say that it falls under action adventure, maybe a little thriller with no. horror elements, absolutely, but not a straight horror movie. Sorry, Mark, not sorry. <laughs> no, you have to finish it off with not sorry. It is a horror movie. Like I get what he's saying; it is horror adjacent. But it is a horror movie. If we're going to do stuff like arachnophobia, are you telling me arachnophobia is not a horror movie? Uh, yeah, I kind of get your point. I, I, we're not we're not getting into this debate again. We let the listeners decide. So far, it's a 50-50 split. But we have got one more message, which probably won't settle the argument. But hey, here it is. Driving, so I'm not going to text. But I would just like to thank you guys for making me feel like a dinosaur during the Jurassic Park episode. <laughs> we'll talk about the old internet. Right before my birthday. You're giving me a complex, Scott. The hell? <laughs> Sorry, Tasha. Hey, I, lived, I lived in a dial-up era. I'm, I'm with you on that, Tasha. Don't you worry. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Eric and Tasha, for not settling our debate, just giving us another 50-50 split on whether it the is or not. The thing is, as well, though, I feel like Eric has just gone against me on purpose because he's my nemesis. No, he messaged me to say, Mark's going to say I went against him, and I genuinely haven't. That's genuinely how I feel about it. <laughs> I don't believe him. Uh, we've got a request from Eric very shortly, but we'll talk about that later. Um, 
if you want to get involved on future episodes, just drop us a follow on one of the socials. We're at You Run Podcast on all of them. If you want to follow follow Mark separately, he's Reviews from the Crypt and VHS from the Crypt on Instagram. He is elsewhere, but I'll be honest, you're wasting your time because the amount he posts. I'm elsewhere... not anymore. I'm not. I'm not. I've retired all my accounts. I've deleted Slasher. I've deleted TikTok. I am literally only on Instagram now. So Mark is an Instagram fuckboy. That's where you will that, find him. That is where you will find me. I got so fed up, man. I just couldn't keep up with it. It was one of them where I'd go on TikTok like once every two weeks. And I'd literally just log in, read notifications and come off it again. I was like, what is the point? What is the point? I do not give this attention it deserves. It's just a hindrance on my phone. So I've done. I am Instagram only fans. Not only fans, Instagram only dash 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 Insta- fans. Instagram <laughs> and only fans you can find, Mark. He is he's, um, naked reviews from the crypt on only fans. That's an idea. Uh, it's an idea that's been bounced around between me and various other podcast hosts for a long time. Whether to do get involved in that nude horror movie review and stick it on OnlyFans and see if anyone pays for it. Oh God, I bet there's a market. Oh, call into the show if you want nude horror movie reviews where I sit there starkers with just I don't know I put a Jason Voorhees mask over my tackle. And review horror movies. If you want it, I would like that app. Oh, my God. I kind of want to pay for it just to see it. I'll be honest. Uh, <laughs> there's been a few changes to the format from last year. Um, they'll jump out as we do them. I don't need to change, like, point them out to you. You're not silly. You understand how it works. Uh, we also have an international language game today, along with today's movie review. Oh, fuck. Yeah. What's, what's, your, what's your international language skills like? Well, based on how good my accents are, I would say nil to none. Okay. Um, then it's going to be a fun game. Yeah, okay. Um, today's movie is an out-and-out request. You can do that here. Uh, this comes from Skelly, that Skellington fan on Instagram and TikTok, for those of you who, who don't know. Uh, Skelly's a great account. Um, she's yeah. one of the longest supporters of the show as well. Um She's almost been here actually as long as I have, I think. She has. She's she's a warrior and yeah. we love her dearly for it. So thank you, Skelly. We do. And also hero. love her for picking a great fucking movie. Um, yes. Today's what we, we're looking at what happens if seafood landed in Johannesburg um, in a heavily political movie that skirts the line between sci-fi, horror and drama better than any other movie ever made. And I will die on that hill. Yeah, I'm on there with you, my friend. Um. So get your fucking ray guns ready. No, I'm 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 scouts when I do it. Why am I scouts? <laughs> I keep going. It's worse than mine. Yeah, uh, that was terrible. Uh, it's time to enter District Nine. Nobody comes back late at night anymore. They have more security. The government noticed that they were moving into new areas. That's when things started to get out of hand. They don't belong here. They're spending so much money to keep them here when they could be spending it on other things. At least they're keeping them separate from us. A lot of bad things started to happen. They must just go. I don't know where they go. They must just go. We're at the breaking point. People are living in fear.
Why don't you just leave? How do your weapons work? I just want everyone watching this right now to learn from what has happened. Listener scores are back this week, and we've also had a shuffle of what external platforms we are using. Um, IMDb, you have now found yourself in the same position as who was it we were using before? Amazon. You have been booted from the show um, because you score out of 10, and we don't do that here. Oh, nice. Everyone's coming on board with my ways. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Um, the listener scored this a four out of five. Uh, Letterbox coming at a 3.8 out of five. And our newest member to the scoring team, Google. Why do you reckon Google scored this? Oh, yeah. Shit, you can get you, Google yeah. does a review page and stuff, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I would go four point. Do they do points? Yeah, they do points. Yeah, so 4.2. No, they went 4.5 out of five. Oh, nice. Solid Mm. score from Google. Super high scores across the board. Uh, If you haven't seen this, I'll give you a brief synopsis of the movie before we get into the spoiler-heavy section of the show. Aliens come to Earth and need our assistance, so we stick them in refugee camps and treat them like shit for 20 years. Uh, The government decide after doing this, because it's become a bit of a slum now, they need to move them away from the city so people don't have to look at them, Um, and things don't quite go to plan. That's all you need for this to get yep. an idea of what you're getting. Um, I say it every week. We're a spoiler heavy show. We also have the greatest spoiler warning in the history of podcasts, courtesy of my co-host on True Crime, the wonderful Heather. OK, I'm going to explain this shit to you like you're five. Get your eyes checked. Read the damn episode title. I don't want to hear any bitching, any complaining about how, oh, there's spoilers. No, read it. If you've not seen it. Do not listen. <laughs> Love Heather. Love it. Love it. Uh, now, before we get started, this is a great movie. And make no mistake, this movie is outstanding. But there are large sections of this movie that are very repetitive. especially in, Especially in the opening acts. Like, there's lots of scenes where they go and knock on doors and then they knock on another door, then they knock on another door. And it's brilliant, and everything it, is perfect. Uh, it, it, it genuinely is, but I'm not going to talk about every single time he knocks on a door. We're going to skim... we just do the one way he says, that's, that's bloody rude. That's bloody rude, that. Yeah. <laughs> where's, where's he from? I didn't know this was set in <laughs> Ireland. <laughs> Come on, that was better than yours. Yeah, that wasn't hard. Um, we open meeting our main character, Wickus. Um, it's a found footage-style documentary, and we're given some exposition of kind of the overall picture of where we are in the world today. Uh, I've cut this down to make it digestible because you kind of, the way this exposition is given is you jump between multiple people on the documentary who all give you a little bit of information. Then you get a news clip interspersed with it to show you how it all ties together Um, to try and do that on a podcast is almost impossible. So I've, condensed it down Um, all you need to know is that it is messy when you describe it but when you're watching it it is very fluid and all seamless yeah very seamless um an alien spacecraft has arrived on earth and it's hovering over 
Johannesburg in South Africa. Um, after several months, the South African government decided they were going to go up and cut into the ship because nothing happened. The ship didn't open. No one come down. Um, so what they'd done is they cut into the ship and they found around a million surviving aliens um, who were malnourished and they needed our assistance. So they set up a refugee camp just outside the city where they gave them medical care, food and housing. One As, thing they don't do is explain how they get them down. Uh, helicopters, I'm assuming. Really? Is that what we're going to do? Helicopters? Yeah, that's what I'm going with. Uh, As with most humanitarian efforts, it started out with good intentions and soon kind of fell apart. Um, There were aliens attacks in local shops and people began to riot and the refugee camp turned into a slum and it was riddled with crime. Uh, With the crime came fences and military personnel to keep the aliens contained um, it's been 20 years since that happened. And Wickers is the head of the team that's going to go into this area, which is called District 9. To yeah, We should it... also say that Wickers is a bit of an idiot, a bumbling idiot, and has only got his position within the company because he's married to the head of the company's daughter. Yes. And he is punching so far above his weight, it is untrue. It is. And I'm just going to get this out of the way now. But the person who plays his wife is a terrible actress. Like, I am talking diabolically bad wooden oh you are my husband hi nice to meet you today yeah <laughs> that well, level bad she, she yeah she kind of is i, I was gonna <laughs> i was gonna let it slide but yeah okay you, you are right um he's the head of the team that's going to go in and issue eviction notices to the aliens which are they're referred to as prawns yes. everyone calls them prawns and if i'm honest i don't think they look like a fucking prawn of course they look like a prawn have you, you think... eaten prawns? I have, but I've never had prawns with legs and ray guns before. No, but if you like took off their arms and legs and give them like a mermaid's tail, they are a prawn. If I took your arms and legs off and gave you a mermaid's tail, you'd look like a fucking prawn as well. No, wouldn't I look like a mermaid? <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, they're going to relocate them to a site which is 200 kilometres away from the city and means the people of Johannesburg don't have to worry about the alien threat. We also get some exposition of Wickers's home life and the fact that he gives his wife lots of gifts, but he believes that making a gift is so much more heartfelt and important than yeah. buying her a gift. So we see a crap box he made her, which honestly the box is terrible, but the thought yeah, was it looks there. like something your kid comes home with from, from school. <laughs> it, it does. Like those clay models you made when you were seven, it's one of those, but in box form, yeah. it's shocking. The movie exposition is given beautifully. It, it really, it re, you really buy this as a documentary. So good, so good, and it plays so well on real world events as well. There's so many relatable aspects to this story that I'm not personally. I don't know how far you want to go into it with this review, but me, I don't understand enough about real world events or I've racism kept... or yeah, immigration I've... in order to pass opinion on how much this correlates to real world events. But I can watch this and understand its importance, but not be educated enough to pass comment on it. So I'm going to choose not to do that within this review. Yeah, I'm not going to in the review. I've got some bits in facts that allude to what it actually is linked to, but I'm not going to. Yeah, I don't want to say something stupid or ignorant, so I'm just going to choose not to. But I can I can see it and understand its importance when watching this film. That was something I was taught growing up. My mum used to say, if you don't know what you're talking about, keep your mouth shut. 
Yeah, and for somebody who usually goes on massive tangents and rambles dog shit throughout this podcast, this is the one time that I know this isn't my place, so I'm going to choose not to get involved in it here. Oh, good. We're both going to keep our mouths shut. <laughs> we get looks at the aliens throughout all of this opening scene and their ship and everything else, and everything looks great. This movie looks incredible. The CGI in this, considering 90% of the prawns you see are full CGI. Yeah. Even now, yeah. it looks great. I've got one gripe with some floating bullets that I'll talk about later. Yeah, but still, if we're talking about this movie in terms of practical effects, this is a massive CGI practical effects hybrid movie. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest with you now, I don't know. When did this come out? Was it nine, 2000, uh, 2006? 2009. 2009. This holds up flawlessly in my opinion i watched this today and i was like wow that looks fucking incredible considering how much of it is heavily cgi'd with the prawn characters throughout there's a few instances where you can see the close-up shots and stuff where they have focused in on practical effects especially with the transformation scenes that we'll get later yeah. on they look fucking amazing but the cgi used throughout looks fantastic yeah it really does like the the ship is all cgi and honestly it genuinely looks like a spaceship hovering over Johannesburg. Yeah. It's so good. They do that really good thing of like um glossing it. So there's like a sort of almost mist and fog. So yeah. it's like if it look if it doesn't look good up front, just mask it and they mask it well enough in almost like this desert storm kind of atmosphere throughout yeah. and it, it looks great. It's more like a shadow than it is anything else and I think it looks really, really well. It it looks amazing. Um we begin the process of eviction. Um, and basically they're going to force hundreds or, or a million of these prawns. They're going to go in, get them to sign eviction papers, and then they're going to move them in trucks and helicopters to their new location. They go in in force yeah, like you would not believe, like 30, 40 trucks, helicopters with snipers on them. The eviction's run by a private firm, which because works for so it's not run by the government yeah the government, what is it mud or mnu uh, mnu that's it mnu yeah. so they paid mnu to do this and mnu are also a weapons tech company as well which is super relevant later on um, but i feel mentioning it now saves me explaining it later yeah, and this whole segment here where they're going in and doing the evictions, I know you don't want to dive into it too much because it is basically rinse and repeat for about 20 minutes, but there's a lot of humour in this opening segment alone, and that falls upon our main character whose name I cannot for the life of me ever remember. Vickers. Vickers, yeah. Vickers is brilliant throughout this entire segment. It's it, almost like even a before they Kardashian. leave. Yeah, yeah it's like a Kardashian level. Yeah, because even before they leave, they have this the opening segment and it's almost like with... an office level episode where they're yeah. doing like world's greatest boss kind of thing and he's sat there talking. Yeah, and he up. has the um, argument. So when they get down before they go, there's the tactical side of this who's run by Hobbs yes. and he is a dick. Massive. Um, Wickers is basically turning around going, look, you to, this is to one of the soldiers you do not need to take that much ammo this is a peaceful eviction take one clip and put the rest back in the box and this hobbs guy comes over and they have a blazing row yeah but, but he basically just says shut the fuck up but we're bigger stronger and we have guns now sit back and he does it's exactly what he goes yeah anyway and then he turns around to the camera because you're gonna cut that right 
Yeah, he does because because Vickers is basically the cameras are following Vickers at this instance, and it's it's like a Kardashians thing. He's keeping up with the Kardashians, but they're following him around and following him, dictating his all and uh, not dictating, documenting his day to day life as he's working as a company man dealing with this eviction process with the prawns. Yeah, um, they follow him throughout as he goes through District Nine, knocking on doors, trying to get these prawns to leave. And again, we're going to skip over it briefly. But this min- this scene, they, this prob- this act probably goes on for about fifteen to twenty minutes, where he's knocking on various different doors. Yeah, and it's brilliant. Like the I- whole segment is absolutely phenomenal. It's- I've never laughed so much in my life at this. And I don't know whether it's just because he's South African and he says fuck a lot <laughs> and, and the way he handles it. And some of the stuff they incorporate to it in like real world events where there's that one prawn that has a stash of tellies. Yeah. Like, hey you, hey guy, what are you doing with all those TVs? Yeah, and the fact that he uses such underhanded tactics to get them to side as well. So like the first one he goes to give it to like goes to smack it out of his hand. And it, catches, like, oh, yeah, that it catches the pen. He's like, oh, you signed that. But you see that? He put his mark on that, right? He can be moved now. <laughs> and he's just like, you fucking corporate assholes. You know what I mean? It's so fucking uh, high and mighty. And, like, and the one bribes... that I like where he's like bribes him with the cat food. Yeah. Like, oh, you want this cat food, do you? You love this cat food. Well, you better sign the papers. And because like, the prawns which is like, oh, this is in my house. I don't live here. He's like, oh, but you want this cat food, do you? Are you sure this isn't your house? Yeah. And it's just and... like real world stuff and it's like yeah man like people are like that like councils are like that to get people out of their house and evictions and stuff and it's like you can feel it yeah they really and it's really kind of you feel for the prawns because you're like you are such an asshole and it does a great job even though these are extraterrestrials and invaders of our planet you kind of sympathize with them on a level that you wouldn't necessarily get from this type of movie no but it's it's it's, such a good job of building that level of um integrity and and um empathy for them yeah and they really double down on making him a bad guy as well so they find a room where they've got a cow hung up and there's tubes coming out of the cow and they're going into eggs into baby yep. prawns and an incubation unit isn't it yeah and vickers goes in there and he's like pulling the tubes out and he's joking and laughing going ha, it's your first abortion and then he's like oh we need a we need a tactical team down here now and then he's explaining to the camera of like look i could go in there and i could pull all of the tubes out but that takes a long time and it's a lot of effort so we just get these guys in with the flamethrower to burn it to the ground yeah again it, it, it's just that whole it, higher murder. power level of yeah and he's so just, happy and, and about it well. about it all isn't he it's just it's just another day at the office and it's just like wow man like and the thing is as well it's so apparent that this is referencing and again i'm not getting into politics this is referencing humans you know what i mean this yeah. is referencing world, real world issues and how nonchalant the high and mighty and the white power of the world goes about their business and it's referenced so clearly within this movie and they're using something such as an extraterrestrial that you as an audience have a disconnect from, but you can't help but feel that connect when you're watching it. And it's just like, it's very heartfelt. And like, I didn't expect to have that from a film like this on that level. And there's bits later in the movie where it's really gut wrenchingly sad, like really hard viewing. There is a violent encounter with a prawn. And I fucking love this. They try and get a prawn to go. And the prawn's like, ah, fuck you. And it ends up with like one of the soldiers points a gun at him. And this prawn just absolutely destroys him, like hits him. And he's like, 
almost. It just like kicks him and knocks him about three streets down in yeah, and then he, like, through he a hit, building. He hits a truck and like dies, and the prawn gets shot, and Vickers loses his mind. He's like, "Why are you shooting him? We need to evict him. Why did you shoot him?" He's like, "He killed that guy." Vickers is like, "I don't care about that guy. Why did you shoot that guy? Like, there's no need yeah. for this. Like, this could have been dealt yeah. with so much better." And I love that he goes to the bag and he starts throwing these tins and they're like, oh, what's that? Because all the other prawns start coming out because they've heard the explosion. Yeah. And he's throwing these tins and he's like, oh, what's that? Is that tear gas to defuse me? He's like, no, it's fucking cat food to distract them. <laughs> yeah, to distract them so they don't all kill us, you fucking idiots. Because the thing is as well, that's what it, that simple throwaway scene shows that they are... Strong. Strong. And if they mm. wanted to, they could quite easily overpower us. Yeah. But they're choosing not to. They're staying refined and conformed for peace. And yeah. they're getting treated like shit for it. Yeah, and it's really bad. And we cut to uh, a family. It's the first prawn family we see. So there's a mummy prawn, a daddy prawn, and a baby prawn. And they're, like, skimming through the garbage. And they see this going on. And they get, like, this bit out of the rubbish. And they go to their their house. Oh, Do is you that want... a mummy prawn? Yeah. Oh, that makes it so much fucking worse. Because uh, you can't tell the sex of these things. So I thought no. that was just two friends and then that was his son. No, it was mummy, daddy and baby, which made it. Uh, which yeah. is why he's so, when he gets to the MNU facility later, which is why he's so like, fuck you guys. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's uh, awful. Uh, do you want to explain like the black goop that they take out of this and like get it to drop on what looks like a mobile phone? Because I watched that scene like 10 times and still couldn't work out exactly what they done. So basically there is an exposition scene earlier on that when the spaceship comes in to land within our environment, something broke away from it. Yeah. There was, and they see the shadow on the uh, document footage, but they could never find it. They could never find this thing. Now, it's never explicitly said within the movie, but I'm assuming that's what they've been searching for. And they explain that these two, these, this family of prawns have been looking for it for 20 years, and eventually they find this canister within the rubble. This canister contains some sort of fluid that they need in order to power the ship. basically power the alien technology because they've been stuck up. So basically, it gives a little bit more context. The reason they've been stuck within these confines of the ship and couldn't get off or take off anywhere, and the humans had to then go cut them out and bring them down to Earth, is because when they landed, this bit broke off. Yeah. This bit contains a fluid, which is basically like our diesel or our petrol. So this bit broke off from the ship and fell to Earth, and then they'd spent the next 20 years trying to find it. They find it within this rubble, and then they have this homemade chemistry set where they diffuse it, and then they get the bits that they need from it to then... Yeah, get the technology to then power the little ship to then take them back up to the mothership in order to power the whole system. So yeah, this is home. basically like their their petrol, alien yeah. petrol is what they found. The house raid here, because as they kind of do this, this is where Vickers and his his little team of tactical people arrive. Um, they knock on the door, and it's the mum prawn that goes out, and things get really heated between. Yeah. Vickers and the mum prawn and they're pointing guns and long and short of it the mum fucking sends Vickers flying like through miles toilet, yeah. <laughs> you know, through a portal like 25 30 foot across the camp um and they they kill her for it and you see they the do bank. they execute her the guy who looks like Goldberg from WWF yeah. comes over and just shoots her in the head 
immediately, yeah. and the dad witnesses it, and um, so does the baby or the little yeah. little prom. It's really it's really sad. It, does it not do the raid before that though? They do the raid in the house before that before she reacts. So yeah, basically, Vickers she... goes into the house. He's like, "Oh, they're terrorists. They've got all this alien technology in here. Keep and a he... gun on her." And he's doing his search around the property, and he finds the canister. Yeah. And immediately, as soon as he picked it up, I was like, don't touch that, man. You should not be playing with that. That is not a toy. He fingers about with it and twists it and turns it a little it bit. It sprays like, him uh, in the face. Sprays him in the face immediately. And he's like, and again, he's like, make sure you cut that out. And then it cuts. Yeah. And, it's like, it <laughs> and it's clean. just a call back to it. Yeah. And he's like, cut that out, cut that out. And then and then they reenact the scene. Immediately, they reenact the scene afterwards. He's just found it. And he's like, ooh, we shouldn't touch this. This is alien technology. It might spray you in the face. I'm like, yeah. how do you know that spray you in the face? Oh, yeah, because it just fucking did, you idiot. Um, and then that's when he goes outside. And he's like, what's this, what's this, what's this? And then she reacts and kicks off and throws him through the portal. Yeah, and then ends up dead for it. Vickers is told to leave and told to go and get medical assistance. And he doesn't want to. He's like, no, look, I'm going to continue doing my job. I'll get patched up by the medic here, and then I'll go to the hospital afterwards. There's no need for me to be patched up. Any, I don't need to go. I'm going to finish my day, then I'll go. Uh, this is where we start getting some exposition on the gang or the gangs yeah. that operate. The Nigerian gang. The Nigerian gang that operates inside District 9. Um, and they do everything from like selling cat food. Uh, and again, like they do this thing where they cut back to almost like the documentary style stuff where you have an interview with somebody and she gives, she delivers the exposition perfectly and says, oh yeah, as with most of these confines, everything turns to gangs and criminality. And we got the Nigerians coming in to utilize the, uh, the, uh, the vulnerability of the prawns. And then they started monopolizing areas and dealing out food in order for alien technology weapons, even yeah. though they couldn't fire them because humans can't fire alien technology. Only prawns can fire these weapons. And this is what confused me is there are so many of these alien weapons. Yeah. But none of them no, use them. No, no, they don't. No, the, that's the what I'm saying. They're, so, use them. they're, so, they're, they're not there to fight. They're just they're not there to fight. And it's like, it's a perfect setup to just say like they have, banks and banks and banks of all these alien weapons and they have them at their disposal but they're just peacefully just trying to get off this planet and they're just dealing with all this fucking shit that the humans are putting them through yeah um the other yeah, thing anyway, that got me was the bit where they said there's inter interspecies um interspecies prostitution i and knew it, you'd like this <laughs> the, the only reason they say it is so what they do later tied back to it and I, yeah. I love yeah. the fact that they set it up here and it is literally just a throwaway line. And then when they play it back later, you go, of course. Yeah. Uh, but there is that one scene later on, though, where they're with the Nigerian boss and he's talking about the woman. He's like, oh, if you're not going to do it, you're not going to make me any money. And you could just hear her screaming as if she's being raped by one of the prawns. And it was yeah. fucking gut wrenching. I was like, even though the thing is, as well, it's so subtle. If you weren't fully paying attention, you wouldn't know what it was implying. Yeah. It's, but it's, it's there if you pay attention to it. And it, it is literally her being raped by one of the prawns. I'm like, oh, that's fucking gut-wrenching. And you hear her screaming over his like monologue that he's giving to uh, Vic later on. I'm like, oh, that's not nice. Yeah, no, it's not nice. Um, Vickers goes home. So he goes and gets patched up at the hospital after he finishes his day. Uh, and he goes home. So he's he's got like a he's, – he's coughed up like black goop. He's had black goop drip from his nose as well. 
And he doesn't mention that when he goes and gets treated. Um, and he goes home and all he wants to do is go and throw up is yeah. what he wants to do. And he walks in. It's a surprise party for his promotion. And his first day is like being the big boy at work. Um, oh, man, that'd be the worst. Coming home and feeling shit and then having to like a party. And the fact that his boss is there and his boss is like, and this is his father-in-law, bear in mind. He's like, there's too many people died today. Um, if you can't do a better job tomorrow, I will fucking fire you, regardless yeah. of whether you're my son-in-law or not. And I will get someone to do a better job. Yeah, brilliant. But yeah. this is a point that I want to just call a timeout on the actual plot and talk a little bit more about the overall shooting of this movie because everything up until this point has been found footage or yep. document level they've been following him around with a camera and i'm not going to say that it takes on a drastic switch because it doesn't it's very drip fed in it still feels very found footage at this point like someone's in the room camcordering him but this slowly transitions into an actual movie as opposed to everything that we've got beforehand how yes. did you find that transition and how do you find the overall execution of it done because i, I like i liked it well. i thought it was done very very well and the fact that as you get closer to the end they drip feed you back into documentary yes it, it plays very fast and loose with the overall production of the film of the film and it's it's weird but it's also done so subtly. And, it, and to be honest with you, I was under the illusion that this was a found footage film. This was like a documentary found footage film. But now watching it this time around for the purposes of the show and critiquing it on that level, I was like, holy shit, that's just transitioned into an actual movie. And I hadn't yeah. even noticed. I didn't even pick up on it that it had done that. And then it slowly comes back into it again at the end yeah. to the so point where you walk away from it thinking that it is still a documentary found footage film. Yeah, and the thing is, it transitions so well that it goes from, like, you get all these found footage shots and it's all, like, cutting from here, cutting from there. When it transitions into a movie, you get real directorial shots and you get panning shots and overhead shots and you get close-ups of people's faces as they're talking. It is a proper directed movie. And then as it gets closer to the end, they get less and less and less. And then you go back to found footage and it's... Honestly, it's seamless. It is seamless. It genuinely is. I've spent the last sort of 10 years of my life thinking this was a, a found footage mockumentary style film. And it wasn't up until this watch that you spend a good hour of it in full cinematic yeah. production value movie. Yeah. And then it transitions back to it again ever so subtly at the end. And you don't even notice those transitions. And it's so cleverly done. And I was like, holy shit, that is amazing. And the thing is, because you're so invested and so engrossed in the story, you you just don't even pick up on it. You don't even pick up on it. And then it ties you back into it at the end that you just walk away from this film thinking that you spent the entire movie watching it from that footage. perspective. Yeah. yeah. And the thing so is, you, clever. you couldn't do this style of this style of filmmaking with a bad story because it would jump out at you a mile away. Exactly. Yeah, I don't think you could. I don't think you could. And there's a lot of it throughout this movie where you, and that's what I mean. That's why I've already picked up on it. And this time around is because I'm like, oh, it's a documentary, so obviously I'm critiquing it from that point. So I'm like, oh well, at some point I've got to bring into question whether it's keep the camera rolling side of things where yeah. does that become still a value and is there a point where i'm like oh well you shouldn't be filming this or why have you still got the camera rolling that's the only reason i noticed it this time around yeah and the thing is like 
they do so, the storytelling in this and the writing in this is so good that honestly they could have transitioned this into anime for 20 minutes and I probably would not have given a flying fuck because it's so <laughs> engrossing no. of what's going I'm so interested and invested not just in Vickers but in all of the characters around him and all of the prawns I'm so invested in the story they're telling that everything else kind of becomes a non-entity I don't care yep. anymore yep. and that is a sign of a an outstanding movie that can do yep. that 100%. I just, I, I didn't mean to interrupt your flow with the run through. I just needed to know because this was a cut off point for me, this watch, where I picked up on it. Yeah. And it, it genuinely does like transition and it's, it's almost slyly done. Yeah. It's because a... it's still going on here. It's still almost as if someone's in the room filming on handheld footage in this party. And then again, when we later transition to the hospital scenes and again, when we get back into District Nine for a small period of time, it's not until we really, pick up full focus with the action sequences later on with the Nigerian gangs and stuff that it actually goes into full frontal yeah. horror, not horror, but full frontal movie, movie. production quality. Yeah. Um, and then again, when it comes back out of it at the end, it starts tying back into the camera footage and the news articles. And it, it doesn't just go from one transition cut bang. We're back into this mode again. Now no, it, it just drip feeds it slowly and slowly yeah. and ties the two until eventually the all just meld into one. Yeah. So clever. Really, really Neil, good. Neil Blumkamp. Excellent job. Well done director. Neil Blumkamp deserves a big pat on the back. Got some news about Neil Blumkamp. Well, Blumkamp. 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 <laughs> uh, when we get to facts as well, that I think will be, pleasing to most people who are listening good vickers collapses and he falls through the table and passes out um he's taken to a hospital and they cut the cast off of his arm and this is where we get the reveal that he now has a prawn hand honestly at this point of the movie i went that's what you fucking deserve to know what it feels like to be treated like shit yeah kind of and kind of not. Um, no, I, I really did. I was really like, fucking, does it serve you right, you bastard? Yeah, but the thing is, it does it with his character so early on, where he's like, he's just an idiot. Mm. Do you know what I mean? You can feel like he's conditioned by the company and he's a company man and he doesn't necessarily believe these ideals. So I didn't, I, I still empathize with him quite a lot at this moment. No, I, I didn't. Not here. I do later. Um, He's taken to an MNU facility, which is horrific. They come in, they put him in a body bag with a clear face bit on it and like wheeling past his wife while going, no, 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 you can't come in. Yeah. It's really, really horrifying. He's taken and they do various tests on his hand and you see his father-in-law and other executives of the company like he's fully integrated. He's at a transition period where he's half prawn half human that the dna and the nerve endings have all melded together and being a weapons tech company they go oh can he fire the guns then yeah and we get a montage of him like they put a gun in his hand he's like i don't want to fire it and they tase him to make him pull the trigger and he's shooting the carcasses of pigs they do a cool thing as well where they showcase that he can fire it with his human hand as well and that's how transitioned he has become because at first they start doing it with his prawn hand and making him fire pigs and stuff like that. And then they're like, oh, we'll swap hands. And then he can do it with his human hand. Because obviously only one side of it is being infected at this moment in time. Yeah. Um, when they put it in the human hand, and he can still fire it with that because it's within his system. Yeah. And I thought that was cool. 
what I didn't think was cool was when they walked a prawn in with a big X on his chest. Yeah. And, and again, Vic, you must empathise with Vic at this point. I, well, I did he's at like, this point. Yeah. I'm like, he's like, please, no, no, he hasn't done anything wrong. Please don't make me do this. I won't shoot him. Yeah. And then and, they just taser him again and just blow the shit out of this prawn. Oh, it, it pops. It just goes, pops. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it, it's honestly, it's awful. And what makes this worse is then we cut back to his father-in-law and the other CEOs of this company going, well, we need to harvest everything. And the father is like, will he survive the procedure? And the doctor's like, not a chance. We're literally going to take all of his skin, all of his bone marrow, like everything. We need everything. And he's like, but someone needs to tell the family. And the father is like, oh, yeah, don't worry. I'll sort that out. Yeah, do it. Yeah. Like, father-in-law's did... an arsehole. Uh, an abs- brilliant actor but an yeah. absolute arsehole. Um, so they all agree that they're going to do it, and he's going to go and tell the wife that it's fine. And so he goes and tells the wife, it's like, look, the sepsis set in, and we're doing everything we can, but it's not looking good. You need to prepare yourself to be a widow, basically. Yeah. His escape is fucking fabulous. It's so frantic and disorganised. It's exactly how I imagine an escape of this sort would be. Yeah. So yeah, he, it's he, not like he's just all of a sudden become an assassin. He just bumbles his way through it. Yeah, so he gets an arm free while they're trying to do, like they're trying to start the procedure and they're trying to get the, the mask on him to put him to sleep. And he gets free and he gets he holds a hostage with a knife and basically forces his way out into the street. When he gets out in the street, I think this is so good that he goes, like his first instinct is to go and get food because they've not fed him at all. And he rushes out and obviously the facility's gone into fucking meltdown. He gets to like a fast food joint to try and get some food. And on the news is news that a dangerous criminal has escaped the MNU facility. <laughs> and he's and he's he's dangerous and he's highly infectious. You must stay 20 meters away from him because he fucks prawns. <laughs> That's what they went with. Interspecies sexual intercourse. It's the way they describe it. And the thing is, like, the news picture is him, like, with a prawn bent over, doing it from Oh, behind. I know. And it's like just like a fucking, like a uh, like a blackout thing over the area where he's actually penetrating. It's so yeah, funny. Man. Uh, it's, it's really funny. But also you kind of go, yeah, that's what a big corporation would do. I buy it. Yeah. Yeah, you do. You do. Media, um, man. Don't buy the media. Yeah. Um He's got no option. He's got nowhere that he can possibly go and hide because the MNU own everything. Um, So he goes to District 9. He has a rough first night in District 9. Um, He kind of, he sleeps with a a bit of cardboard over him um, and he gets a call from his wife. I like the fact that when he got his call from his wife, instantly I went, they're going to track that call. And they did. Yeah. Yeah, so she basically calls him to tell him you're, you're a done. fucker. <laughs> yeah, that's literally the gist of her call. She's like, I hate you because you fuck prawns. He's like, yeah. uh, th- this is where he's like, I promise you I have done no sexual prostitution acts with a prawn. <laughs> I did not have sexual relations with that prawn. <laughs> that's exactly what he does. Um, and she doesn't buy it at all. No. And he's like, look, I can fix this. I know how to fix this. He gets up the next morning and he kind of like scavenges a bit of food. He eats cat food, which is disgusting. Rank, but he's craving it because apparently they've already established that prawns love cat food. Yeah, they described cat food as catnip for prawns. 
And he makes the decision that he's going to lop off his hand and he bottles it and he chops off a finger. And he's in excruciating pain from doing so. Yeah, and it, 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 the, the visual effects on the hand, the practical effects on the hand are fabulous. I thought in this moment he was genuinely going to lop off his hand. And so then did we I. find that they have like some sort of regenerative regenerative um, capabilities and it would just grow back. Which I thought yeah. would have been cool, but they don't go down that route. No, they just go with he lops off a finger and he's in absolute agony. <laughs> yeah, bleeding to death. Yeah, as he's kind of like bleeding, this is where the MNU descend on the area he is, and he runs into the house of the prawn. Yeah, the prawn and the baby who's called Christopher. Um, how did you watch this? Did you watch this with subtitles or without? Because there's two ways you could watch this movie. I watched this with subtitles, not with human subtitles, just with subtitles for the prawns. Yeah, so there's two ways you can watch this. You can watch it with subtitles where you understand what the prawns are saying, or you can watch it without subtitles and you don't know what they're saying. Right. Because I imagine there's a lot of confusion in people like, how does he understand what the prawns are saying? How does he speak their language? You've got to understand, 20 years have passed since they've come to Earth. They would understand by this point. The language, yeah. I would have thought, but you communicate. can you can watch it in a way where you, they only communicate in clicks, and it's a completely different watch. Yeah, no, it, I definitely watched it with the subtitle so you can understand exactly what the prawns are saying and their dialogue and communication. Uh, but even then, though, even then, moments. it still does that thing where it's like he doesn't always quite get as if he's mm. not fluent in the language so there's a few times he's like oh i didn't understand that I, I thought i heard you do that double click or something like that and he's like can you say that again and i thought that was cool like they've paid attention to making sure that it's not just a naturally fluid thing that you would just pick up immediately and that it does take time to develop and learn and understand the same way it would be to learn a second language yeah i, I still can't get over the fact that that was the house he picked out of all the houses he'd been into that would be the last one i'd have gone to well Movie's got a movie. Um, I love the baby prawn. I don't, yes. I don't, or small child prawn is honestly common yeah, like, gold. Yeah, it's like more like advanced toddler prawn, isn't it? Yeah, like so inquisitive and so like interested in everything that's going on and has so many moments where I just go, Haha, you're great. I think you're amazing. So he um, breaks into their house and it's very apparent early on that this Christopher character the prawn doesn't want him there. It's like, you need to leave. Like you need to get out. We don't want this attention. Get out of this house immediately. Find somewhere yeah. else to hide. At which point Vic collapses on the floor and his arm is exposed. And Christopher yeah. puts everything together and is like, right, shit. The only way this is actually possible is if he found the canister, it's spread in his face. He puts everything together and he tells the child, it's like, shit, we need to hide him. Get him down in the basement sort of thing. And let's yeah. keep him covered. And the basement is the other ship. The little mini ship, which is really cool, and I, I love the I love how he gets Vickers down the hole as well. He just kind of like swings his legs in and like boots him down. Just the chucks hole. him in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't know at this point that this is a ship. We don't find out until later on that this no, is another I, mini ship. I kind of twigged it at this point. though. it's very ship like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're watching, you kind of know if yeah. you have any sort of intelligence. But yeah, it's not implied that that's what it is. It just looks like an underground bunker. Yeah, and this is like when he comes to, this is where we get a real exposition. So basically the prawn dad or Christopher is explaining that they want to go home and this black goop helps them go home. 
but you took yeah. the black goop away, so now we can't go home. We're going to go to your shitty camp instead. He's like, yeah. which is a shame because I could have cured you. And Vickers is like, you could have done what now? He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. You get me the black goop and like your arm and shit. You, and Vickers is going, so not a prawn hand, a human hand. You make this prawn hand a human hand. He's like, yeah, I just need the goop. Yeah. Uh, I, I I love the fact that Vickers kind of has a moment like when he when he's having this conversation, he's looking around. He's like, "You sneaky fucking prawn! There's loads of contraband in here. You fucking this <laughs> yeah, is all illegal." He's You're still a get... businessman at this point, isn't he? He's still a yeah. company man. He's like, "Ah, oh, fucking hell! The fines, the fines are unbelievable that you are going to incur." And then then Christopher sort of looks at him. They have like this awkward series. God, right? The goop. You fixed my hand. He's like, "Yeah." And this is where Vickers is like, "Okay." Stay here. I'm going to go and get us some some weapons, and I, I've got a plan. And Vickers goes to see the gang. So when they first go into District Nine, you see the gangs, and Vickers is telling all of the other personnel personnel, do not go near the gangs; they will fuck you up. The head leader of the uh, Nigerian gang is a paraplegic, and he's in a wheelchair, and he's trying to. Basically, he has this voodoo woman who's telling him that if he eats the prawns he will become the prawns and he will get their alien sort of well, you are this is why you i thought well this is the thing this is why when he chopped when he was going to chop his hand off earlier yeah i thought oh if he shows regenerative growth in his hand that would make perfect sense as to why yeah this paraplegic captain of the nigerian gang would want to eat them so he could then try and get some of their dna within his system and he might be able to walk again which would make perfect sense to me Writers, yeah. if you are listening, that would have made more logical sense. Um, yeah. So he's been consuming these prawns throughout a long period of time, trying to get something that would make him, I don't know, some sort of alien technology or DNA within his system to try and regenerate his legs. Yeah, in to a make way. him walk and be be able to move yeah. around again. But yeah, Vickers has warned everyone not going near this guy when they're going because he's so dangerous and the gang's so dangerous. And then in this moment... Vickers walks straight up to the gang members like, oh, yeah, I need to see your boss. And they drag him in. I love the fact they put him in a hole in the ground so he's yeah. lower than... Then the wheel. I, I assume, like, that's what I thought. I was like, have they just put him in his own grave? And then, no, he came out in the wheelchair. And it's like, no, so you're on a lower level than the guy in the wheelchair. <laughs> that's cool. I, I thought it was really cool. And Vickers is like, look, I need some weapons. So, like, I've got money. Um, so I need... Some AK-47s, like the ones these guys are carrying. I need some grenades, and I'll take some alien weapons too. And I've got loads of cash. Yeah, and he with pulls that, out like a dollar bill. Yeah, and the, with that, like the Nigerian gang, like just yanks the cover he's got on his arm. He's like, "I've heard about you," and it's like, "Ah, oh, you're in fucking trouble now." Yeah, there's only one thing I want from you, and that is that arm. Yeah, and that they they sort of try to like chop it off. He's like, cut his arm off. Yeah, and all the gang come in, and this is where Vickers grabs one of the weapons. This energy weapon that he uses, where he pulls the trigger, and it's—I don't know the best way to describe it. It's like a massive air blast. Well, do you play Call of Duty? I have played Call of Duty. I am a Halo play... man. Now you see, I'm—I'm I'm not a gamer in the modern day sense, but I like to play Call of Duty Black Ops. They have a segment on there which is just zombies, and yeah. you basically just each one is a wave of zombies. There's a thing where you upgrade your weapons and you get this weapon from the mystery box, which is like a vacuum blast, which basically you just shoot it and it just blows a big puff of air and just shoots zombies about a million miles away. 
best gun on the game. It takes about 10 hours to reload. But if you have it as your secondary weapon, it's a fucking phenomenal gun to get out of the mystery <laughs> box. Just saying, if you play that, you need a ray gun and you need this vacuum gun. That is how you get to like a hun- level 100 in Black Ops Zombies. Um, and it's exactly the same gun that's in that game. So... Uh, and it, it's together as you will. It's a great gun as well, and it send it literally sends them flying, like absolutely flying. Yeah. Um, and he manages to like force his way out of this camp by wielding this energy weapon that no one's ever seen work before, and no one will go near him because he's they've just the first guy he sends like through the wall, and he bounces off a car bonnet and then like ends up another thirty foot down the road. <laughs> um, when he gets out, he gets out with the weapons that he needs. The MNU are trying to find him. And they're like, we cannot find him anywhere in District 9. And with that, you see him and Christopher blow a fucking great big hole in the side of MNU. Because they're at MNU Mate, to get the key. I shit myself. Genuinely, this is a proper jump scare moment. Because it yeah. just transitions so weirdly how it's like they're having this sort of District 9 thing. And then they're having the radio communication stuff. And all of a sudden, it's just... <gasps> Yeah, on the screen, and you're like, "Oh shit, what the fuck?" <laughs> yeah, and Vickers and Christopher storm the building. This is so good, and like Vickers keeps telling Christopher not to kill anyone, and then with that, like two seconds later, kills someone. And Christopher's like, "You said not to kill anyone." I, was like, I told you not to kill anyone. Yeah, <laughs> he had a fucking gun on me, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh... That um, was so Jamaican. That was it, not right. I apologise. We've done every accent apart from <laughs> South African. Um, honestly, it is so good. And they get all the way down to where they need to, to get the goop. And they're looking for the goop. And this is where the tactical team led by the dickhead Hobbs are closing in on him. And yeah. they're in the same place where they took because to invent, to experiment on him. And there's lots of other prawn bodies. One of those bodies is Christopher's wife i guess we'll call is that wife. his wife because i didn't yeah. get that yeah i, I really did that is because the... i thought he just shot her in the head and she was dead so i can't no. imagine why they would then take her they then took her to her pull her apart take her apart take bits off her um that's why he froze for ages and just stood there staring even when they're coming in firing and throwing smoke grenades christopher's not moving at all this was a really good scene, though, even though I completely missed the impact of it all. It, it was a really, really cool scene. Everything's just going haywire. I just assumed it was more just because of uh, the whole Nazi experimental thing I, of his people. It may have I been, didn't... but I definitely took that that was his wife because he looked at like four or five bodies before that. And then when he got to that body, he just froze. Maybe so, maybe so. I'd love if you know the actual context of it, please message in and let us know if that is his wife or not and let us know where we stand on this. I didn't pick up on that, but that's I didn't even pick up on the fact that it was wife earlier on. I just thought it was just his friend. And again, you can't really tell the sexual orientation of these creatures. (laughs) It's hard to determine who's who. Um, The the only time you can work out if one's female is when you see the pictures of Vickers hanging out the back of her. (laughs) Why say it like that? I, I, I don't <laughs> Hanging know. Hanging out of the back of her. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. Just popped in my head. I apologise. <laughs> oh, excellent. Yeah, um, there, there goes all our new listeners we just got. <laughs> but still, this scene is very, very good because Vix is just kicking off. He's executing people. Well, not flawlessly. He's not Steven Seagal or Jean-Claude Van Damme in this instant. He's just aimlessly waving the gun and occasionally pulling the trigger, which 
it must have some sort of homing missile this sort of sense on it as he fires it. But I, he's I, just blowing people left, right, and center, and Christopher is just stood completely frozen in time, staring at this mutilated prawn body on this hospital desk. Yeah. And eventually Vickers turns around to him and he's like, Look, man, think of your son. What the hell are you doing, man? Think of your son. And he snaps out of it and it's go time. It's time to yeah. escape. And he turns around to Vickers and goes, You said you could get us you could get us out of here, but no, I said I could get us in here. I didn't say I could get us out of here. And this is where Chris was like, Oh fucking hell, right, give me that gun. And then he picks up a couple of other bits. He's like, What are you doing? He's like, I'm making a bomb. Yeah, it just blows a hole in the side of the building and the blows escape. A hole. Like, fucking brilliant. And, and they escape in a car, which is great. And I don't know why I took so much joy of like Vickers gets in and then like the prawn opens the door and sits in the car as well. I took great enjoyment of like they're in a car. This is like a, a this could be like a double act police thing now. This is awesome. But again, in that instance where it showcases that they Vickers has got them in there. And he's just like, right, look, I said I could get us in here. Now we're fucked. They're closing in on us. What do we do? And the prawn just steps up and he's like, this is easy. Watch yeah. this. And it just shows again that they could quite easily just fucking take over everybody if they chose to. Oh, yeah. there's, there's. I think they estimated the moment because they've been, they've been reproducing. They estimate there's like 1.6 million prawns. Yeah. They and could it's not quite... even about the numbers, though. Like, it's not even about the numbers. It's just about the intellect of this alien. He just literally is in that situation. He's like, right, you fucked us. You've got us in here, which you said you would do. You can't get us out. I can. All right, I'll step up. And within a moment, he picks up a load of scrap instruments from around him, makes his fucking fabricated bomb out of nowhere within seconds and just blows a hole in the side of his building. It's like, right, come on, then we'll go this way. Yeah. It just showcases they are literally staying dormant through choice. Yeah. Because, because they, they want peace. Yeah. And uh, it's really impactful. The, the more you highlight it, the fact that they don't do anything, it's really impactful. Back at District 9, they get back to District 9 and the MNU are now coming in in force to get Vickers. They have to get Vickers now because not only is he the only way to power the weapons, but he's now just caused a massive incident inside Johannesburg. They need to shut this shit down before it gets out into the press. Uh, I love this scene so much. Where they get back, they get back to Christopher's house, and Vickers is like, right, fix me. And Christopher's like, yeah, three years. What the fuck do you we mean? Do, we do get a brief sort of news inkling as well, which is sort of very relevant, the way that they try and hide it in the media. And it's like, oh, it's a terrorist attack, but don't worry, we've got it all under control now. Yeah, they do. Um, but yeah, Christopher's like, yeah, three years. Because it's like, what do you mean three years? Like, yeah, it takes three years for me to fix your arm. I need to go. And then in three years time, I'll come back and I'll fix your arm. I needed well, the goop no, to go no, home. That's not true. That, that's not true, actually. That's not true. It's not, it doesn't take three years to fix his arm. No. It's because of what he's experienced at the compound where he'd seen his wife he's now prioritized the fact that he needs to serve his people first. So he's like, there's a limited amount of goo. I need to get the fuck out of here, get back to my planet, get reinforcements and then come back, save my people. And then I will fix you. And that will take me three years to do that. So I think he could quite easily use the remaining goo that he has to fix him there. And then but he's not going instantly, but he's like, no, right now I need to get the fuck out of here save my people from this enslavement and this torture that you are putting us through, and then I will fix you, and that will take me three years to do so. Yeah, and Vickers knocks him out. Completely, and I was like, you dickhead. Yeah, absolute moron. And then he jumps in the ship and tries to fly the ship himself. Yeah, he caused all this himself. 
he I, doesn't I, deserve Christopher's sacrifice later on, I'll be honest. I, I, honestly, I didn't understand. When he got in the ship and started trying to fly it, and I do love that he's got like the, the little prawn on his shoulder. He's like, look, fuck off, I'm trying to fly. Like, I get his almost fight and flight situation where he's like, fuck, I need to... But what's he going to do when he gets up to the mothership? He's not going to heal himself. He doesn't know how to fix it. Without no. Christopher, he can't do fuck all. So I didn't no. get this. I was like, why would you do that? No, and I, I get it. His instinct is like, oh, fuck you then, man. Fuck you. I'll do it myself. Yeah. But, but it just, for me, it was like, moron, have a little bit of think. But then again, they pre-established early on that he is a fucking idiot. So it's yeah, like, it, kind it of makes, makes sense that it would do that in that situation. Uh, the MNU shoot the plane or shoot the spaceship down with the rockets they've got on the side of district nine um, and they also capture christopher vickers and and the mini prawn are kind of in the ship and vickers gets out and he kind of gets captured as well and this yeah. is so they come in and they storm the little ship and they take vickers and the little prawn hides and then the little prawn gets up and he's like computer hacker wizard he gets the big ship moving from his little yeah, he's ship. like i am Groot and just fully just dons the mcu basically and fixes everything he does and i love as soon as the big ship powers up you get this and it blows like every every window window. about fucking 10 mile radius yeah every window in johannesburg instantly shatters which is a a little touch they didn't need but i really appreciate it (laughs) exactly it's the little details in this movie it really is and as they've got vickers in the back of this wagon you think all is lost and this is it it's game over they've got christopher they've got vickers they're driving away and then all of a sudden they're intercepted by a mad max toyota hilux and it's (laughs) the nigerians the nigerians intercept the truck they pull vickers out because the big bad boss man wants him yeah, and we then go to the the ritual where they're like the voodoo woman's like blessing his arm, and yeah, it, and they're going to cut his arm off. They're going to take him to death, and then the all little hell breaks loose in that scene yeah, because the little creature in the spaceship activates the fucking machine from RoboCop. Ah, oh, Ed two oh nine. Ed two oh nine comes alive and just obliterates everybody within the the vicinity who have got him like held down, ready to cut his arm off. And again, this is a scene where you're going to talk about the sketchy CGI about the bullets. The bullets, yeah. Yeah, and I get I get it, I get it. But it does this thing in this scene where it balances it out a little bit for me. Like, again, I know what you're saying, and I did to me. I was like, oh, that's not great. But at the same time, they do the thing where he's, like, he's captivating all these bullets that are flying towards him in this Matrix way where he's like, stop. Yeah. Um, but some of them are falling down. And Vickers is underneath him as he's captivating these bullets. And obviously, they're coming out of the fucking AK-47, so they are red hot, and they are falling down on him, and they are, like, burning him as they're landing on him. And he's like, ah, ah, fuck, ah, ah, shit, yeah. shit. Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah, you I didn't need to put that detail in there, but you did, and I appreciate it. There's a lot of bits like that where they didn't have to, but they did. And because they did, I'm like, thank you for that. That was that was nice. I like yeah, that. And that was one of them. And I think that made me oversee the fact that, yeah, that did look a little bit sketchy. Um, Vickers climbs into Ed 209, which is like an exoskeleton space suit, like yeah. alien space suit. When he comes outside, they've got the dads, they've got Christopher, they've dragged him out and they're going to execute Christopher because he won't tell them what's happening mm. with the ship. And Vickers is going to leave him. He bolts. He bolts. Yeah. He, 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 
He cares because again, this is a thing. He, it's a it's a theme throughout the whole film. Is is he cares about himself? He just wants to get himself healed. He doesn't care about the prawns because again, politics. It's about everybody being equal and all the rest of it. Again, we're not going to dive into, but this is a theme that comes very apparent in the closing act. It's about how equality is important in this situation and he finally begins to understand that and uh, he understands the equality of the situation and Vickers is about to get uh, Christopher's about to get executed and he's like oh he's just a prawn I don't give a shit I need to save myself and I'm then, running for the ship and then he has a second guess and he's like no I'm a yeah. better person and he comes back and honestly this is like a game from a mission a mission from a video game where Brilliant. you have to play as Vickers and protect the prawn so like, cool. the prawn's got like a bit of a car he's picked up that he's using as a shield. And Vickers is just firing every fucking weapon and hitting every single button on the console to take Did out. Did you see everyone. the pig? Yeah. The pig is brilliant. <laughs> so there's a lot of things going on in here. Everything's just going fucking airwall. He's Ed 209. He's throwing cars and he's fucking shooting rockets and he's literally annihilating people left, right, and center. And there's a one thing where it's like a pig. And it's almost like the gun that he had earlier where he like vacuum blasts it. Yeah. And he just blasts one of the military people with the pig and just knocks him through a building. It's like, that's fucking awesome. But the pig doesn't explode, but the person who it hits Does. completely just splatters to, to a million pieces. I thought that is an ist. Yeah, it's really good. And they, well, while this is happening, you've got Hobbs is in pursuit. And it's Hobbs pretty much that brings the exoskeleton to its knees. And it opens... I hate Hobbs. It opens up and you see Vickers look at Christopher and Christopher's like, I'm going to, I'm going to protect you. He's like, just go and get your son on the ship. And, and again, Chris- in this moment, Christopher's like, I'm not going to leave you. We'll stay together. Yeah. I'm like, Christopher, this dude has just completely compromised your entire 20 year plan. Yeah. From start to finish within a matter of 72 hours. We're at 72 hours. Cause we do get those time, time yeah. throughout. Uh, 74 is the final one, but this is 72 yeah. hours. Um, 72 hours are at this point, and he has just compromised everything you have been working for for 20 years. He's knocked you out. He's put your son in extreme amounts of danger, and he's like, I'm not going to leave you behind. I'm like, oh, you're a fucking better prawn than I am, man. Yeah, and, and Vickers <laughs> is like, no, 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 go, go before I change my fucking mind. And uh, this is where Christopher goes, three years. I'll be back in three years. Yeah. And it's like, oh, oh, you're kind of sweet. Now fucking run, you stupid prawn. And he gets there, he makes it to the mothership. The mothership opens. No, he gets to the smaller ship. Sorry, and they beam him up. This engine blast. And then they beam him up. Scotty beam me up. The mothership opens and they drag them up. And one of the coolest, the entire coolest scenes in this entire thing is Hobbs gets the um, rocket launcher. And he's about to shoot the smaller ship going up to the mothership. Yeah. And he fires it. And I'm like, oh, no, don't, no, 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 no. And then he just fucking grabs it. And he's had 209 suit. Yeah. He grabs the rocket and just throws it to the side. I'm like, that was awesome. The showdown between Vickers and Hobbs is kind of, it's set up in that very opening scene where they have their little argument. And this bit is great. The exoskeletons kind of gets taken down and Hobbs avoids all the shots that, that happens and Vickers climbs out of the suit and he's kind of dragging himself across the floor and Hobbs comes in and it spins him over. He's like, I'm really looking forward to killing you. And he cocks his gun. And as he cocks his gun, all you hear is the clicking of all the other prawns and all the other prawns 
come in. And when they attack him, this movie holds nothing back. Like two grab an arm and rip an arm off each. One rips his head off and like runs away holding his head like in celebration. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's so good that they come to Vickers' rescue. Again, um, even just with the subtlety of Hobbs, they're like, oh, yeah, they do a great job of showing that he's outside of the law in a way because he's like, look, they want me to take you back. They want to experiment on you. But to be perfectly honest, I'm just fucking tired of you right now and it's time for you to die. Yeah. And I, it's like it's not his mission. That's not his mission to execute him, but he's going to do it because that's what he wants to do. Yeah, and he doesn't like him. No. It's Yeah. Um, the ship leaves. So the the big ship leaves and we get more documentary footage, people talking about what happened when the ship left. Um, we also get a clip of Vickers' wife in this segment where she's saying she found a flower made of rubbish on her doorstep and people tell her to throw it away, but she keeps it because just in case it yeah. might be Vickers. We find out through some writing on the screen that the relocation of the prawns did go ahead and they were all moved to District 10. And we get a final shot of a prawn who sat making a flower and it's Vickers. Fully transitioned. He is now a full prawn. He is. But did you notice that one of his eyes is still blue and human? No, I didn't notice that. Yeah, one of his eyes is still normal. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, he also looks slightly different, but I think I've got that in facts. If not, I'll throw it into facts because I know that (laughs) fact. Um, This movie is incredible in my opinion. Um, I'm going to save it for roundups, but let's find out what you all thought in three-word review. Oh, no. In fact, before we do three-word review, let's take a quick break. After this episode, why not head over to yourunpodcast.com and check out network member The Ghoulish Gallery. Hosted by Tasha, the gallery gives you a look at local legend, myths, and guests with guests from those areas. Personal stories about monsters, the supernatural, and just about anything else that comes up. Tasha and her guests dive into this week's chosen subject, which can be cryptids or monsters, and it, it's a great show. If dark stories and dark humour is your thing, then head to the Ghoulish Gallery, as it has you covered. Well, I think it's time for three-word review. Yeehaw! You all must have missed not having three-word reviews last week, because, dear God, you come in hot. This is the most three-word reviews we have ever had for an episode and it's not even close wow like not even close like not even remotely close hundreds and hundreds of comments for three words i hope it's all positive because apparently this is a very well-loved film uh maybe no they they are i wasn't even if there were any negative ones i didn't see them and if there were they definitely would not have got picked to be on the show because this is a very positive episode uh, a huge thank you to everyone who gave free word reviews for this. Um, on X, Dewey Podmonster, Halo the movie. That's very relevant. Wait till we get to facts. Um, that's I haven't Dewey... played Halo, so I have no concept okay. of what he's talking about. That's Dewey Podmonster there. The, the Dewey Podmonster podcast, great podcast, and part of the Euro Podcast Network. Uh, Patio Lantern 22, Zappy Lightning Gun. And they're a horror fan. Uh, we've got Dissect That Santa. Alien Copley Hybrid, and they're a movie podcast. Uh, Instagram come in with a lot this week. Uh, John Metzer, delicious cat food. And nice. they're, a, they're a personal blog. Uh, Donnie Deadite, amazing crawfish man. And they're a <laughs> cinephile. 
Uh, we've got horror versus reality, alien apartheid metaphor. Um, and they're a great podcast. They do horror movies versus the real life events that they've done, like Bundy. And then they'll talk about the true crime case and then the the movie that goes with it. Um, sketchy, oh, cool. uh, sketchy tracking, sneaky fucking prawns. <laughs> they're a sneaky movie, fucking prawns. Movie reviewer. Uh, watch with C. Prawn Lives Matter. And they're a horror reviewer. Uh, TikTok absolutely slayed it this week with triple digits for the amount of free word reviews they brought to the table. Um, I've picked the best ones. Uh, where's the horror section? Was Halo first? And they're a horror account. Uh, Paula Lan Kenneth, different, exciting, entertaining. And they're a mixed fandom account. Uh, UFO Galactic Starwalkers, poor, poor Vickers. And they're an <laughs> alien truth account. Uh, we've got Archite 1, District 10, please. And yes, to they're, that. They're a doggo account. Um, nice little dogs on their account. Uh, that horror weirdo. Innovative, bold, original, and they're a horror account. Alex R, uh, absolutely mortifying, ba- mortifying babe. And it's true. It's a very sad movie. Heart-wrenching movie. And they're yeah. a horror account. And finally, Starweep, Fook in Prawns. <laughs> and they're a mixed fandom account. Uh, we've got a new feature now. We started to do this before, and then we stopped doing it, and we're going to do it again. Mark, what is your favourite free word review? Uh, my favourite free word review is probably the one where you try to imitate the accent again. Fucking fucking. Sneaky fucking prawns, that one. That's probably, when you read it, the way you read it, that was yeah. probably the best accent you've given throughout the entire episode. And that's, so for that reason alone, that is why that gets a trophy this week. And that's sketchy tracking. <laughs> um, while you're dishing out, love, um, how about we do your recommended account of the week? So this week's recommended account is, I'm kicking it off with a banger for the first recommended account of the year, and that is Mighty Max Museum on Instagram. Now, my daughter is currently reliving my 90s nostalgia and has fully invested her time into Polly Pockets. Um, apparently these are getting a new resurgence at the moment. They're in all the toy shops again, and they've got new Polly Pockets coming out. For those of you who don't know what Polly Pockets are, they're like these tiny little clamshell things. You open them up and they've got like a little real world thing and you get loads of little action figures that go in with it. Yeah. However, if you were a boy in the 80s and 90s, you would have Mighty Max. I was one of those people. I loved Mighty Max. It was my go-to thing as a kid. It was basically like a little blonde-haired Macaulay Culkin thing with a little cap on backwards and a white T-shirt that had a big red M on it and denim jeans. It was fucking awesome. And you've got all these cool little things, and the, the clamshells were basically, like, animal-based. One of my favourite ones was the Jaws of Doom, and it was basically like a shark, like a great white shark, and you opened it up, and then the fins came out, and they were, like, octopus things off the fin. Uh, anyway, I digress. Mighty Max is fucking awesome. So, which is why this week's recommended account based on the whole Christmas period we've just been through, my daughter getting Polly Pockets for Christmas. I went on a Mighty Max run through on Instagram, was trying to find loads of accounts like, ooh, I'm 
been on a big resurgence of buying loads of VHS tapes at the moment, but I have a very steady collection. I'm like, my collection is pretty solid now. There isn't a great deal of stuff that I need to add to it in terms of what I want from my childhood VHS collection. I might find something new. I'm going to go do Mighty Max. (laughs) I'm not doing Mighty Max because I've been on eBay and these cost about fucking £60 a go. I remember when I bought them when I was a kid and they were like fucking two or three quid to buy one of these sets. These are expensive as shit to buy now. But this account, Mighty Max Museum, Sam is Toronto-based, so he's Canadian. and He literally has every single Mighty Max set piece and action figure you can think of from that time. And he showcases them all on his page, all the sets. He opens them up and he goes through the figures. and, And If you had a certain Mighty Max set piece when you were a child, you can go back, look on this account, and you'd be like, oh, yeah, that was the one I had. And you can watch his videos and watch his detailed descriptions of the account, uh, of the, um, the, the 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 actual product itself. Really, really cool. So for a nostalgia bump, if you were into Mighty Max, go and follow the Mighty Max Museum on Instagram. Give them a like, give them a follow, and as always, tell them the You Run podcast sent you. Yeah, definitely do that. I don't remember Mighty Max. You don't remember Mighty Max? No. Oh, my God. So my sister had Polly in po- Polly Pocket, and I used to have Monster in my pocket. Do you remember those, the little rubber figures you used to get? No. Uh, I used to have those. So basically you got you got a monster in my pocket, and you got a pog that come with it, and you used to use the used to battle with the pogs, and then like if you lost, you lost your monster in your pocket, and you, it was a whole thing at school where you'd go and like take in 12 monster in your pockets, and you'd come home with four the next day you'd go in with four and you'd come home with 27. And you never had Mighty Max? No. Oh, your childhood makes me sad. Yeah, it makes me sad because it sounds <laughs> fucking awesome. Mighty Max is incredible. Jim, Jim, this is a call out to Jim's Retro Emporium. Please chime in and let me know that you love Mighty Max just as much as I do. And let Scott know how awesome Mighty Max is. Yeah, well... Mighty Max was a thing of my childhood. Like, I had various sets. I remember I had this one that was like... Uh, it was like a purple, um, but what the one-eyed Greek things, like the Cyclops. Yeah, it was like a Cyclops. I had that, and then like the the the, the ship, the the shark one was like the big one. It was like the Jaws of Doom, I think it was called. I might be very incorrect with the the naming of it, but I'm pretty sure it was called Jaws of Doom, and it was the best thing I ever had in my entire life. Yeah, and I, and, and I know these go for expensive amounts on eBay, but I'm willing to pay the sixty pounds to get me a copy of Jaws of Doom, yeah. complete set. I might buy one just to spite you. I might buy one and melt it or something. Oh, dude, you would as well. It's coming <laughs> to summer season. It's getting to barbecue season. Scott's going to just buy a Jaws of Doom and barbecue. It just pisses me off. <laughs> um, before we continue with the episode and some amazing facts. Some of you are aware that for the last six months, we've had a secret part of our episode. Um, For those of you who weren't aware, it was after the end credits. And if you're only aware now, too late, you cannot play. Um, Earlier today, I gave Lisa a list of all of the names who had entered. Uh, No context to who they were. All I'd done was I gave her a list of all the names and the numbers of times that they entered. And I asked Lisa to pick a winner. Before you announce the winner, I didn't think this was such a big thing. I'll be honest with you. I was like, we do this every week and we have this whole at the end of the show. 
But the fucking Jurassic Park episode, man, my account was just flooded with, this is my favourite dinosaur. This is my favourite dinosaur. Ooh, I love this dinosaur. I'm like, guys, surely not that many people listen to that end segment. There were so many people who played, and when it got to like the last sort of three or four episodes, I was like, fuck, come on, man. Like Everyone's playing now. Stop playing. Um, <laughs> so I asked Lisa to pick a winner. Um, I'd done this when Lisa was trying to cook the kids' dinner. Um, Lisa, Lisa was as accommodating as you would imagine she was. So Lisa gave the list to Ocean and asked Ocean oh, nice. to pick a winner. Bear in mind, Ocean is at the age where she's learning to read. So she's trying to read Instagram handles. Which not not going to make the slightest bit of sense to her whatsoever. No. There was only one of these that she could actually read coherently which is the one that she picked as a winner. So the Instagram handle that won is Wolfman's Got Nards. Ah, nice. So, ah, Dave. Well done, Dave. Yeah, uh, this is Barry, uh, Wolfman's Got Dave. Nards. <laughs> or Dave. God, this it's he's coming on as a guest. You did. Oh, God. Is he actually got, oh, shit, yeah. Yeah. He's come on as a guest. <laughs> uh, Barry, Sorry, Dave. I will be in touch and let you know the episodes we have coming in February. And you will be able to pick any one of those that you like to come and join us and remind Mark that your name is Barry and not Dave. I don't think he's reached a point yet where I'm infuriating him, but I can feel it teetering on the edge. It is going to get to a point where it's going to be like, for fuck's sake, Mark, my name's Barry. Exactly that. Um, Let's do some facts. This was originally a feature film based on Halo Combat Evolved. Um, it was all set to go with Neil Blomkamp in the driver's seat to direct and it fell through. So Peter Jackson turned around to Blomkamp and went, I tell you what, I'll give you $30 million, make whatever fucking movie you want. Salute Peter Jackson. Yeah. That man could do no wrong. Uh, but he was going to do... Apart from The Hobbit. Trilogy. Yeah. But to be fair, he gets a pass on that. That wasn't his fault. Yeah, they were going to do the Halo movie, but... This was the result. That fell through. Peter Jackson went, ah, well, you can't have the 100 million we were going to make that with. There's 30 million. Make me something. And basically said, so is this you the, want. Is this the concept of Halo? Because I've never played the game. Uh, so play. Not really. They took, there's elements of this that you can feel are very Halo. The prawns are very much the Covenant, which are characters within Halo. Um, they look slightly different, but you get that kind of vibe from them. Um, but yeah, <laughs> Seeing how well they've done this, I would love to see what Blomkamp could have done with $100 million in the Halo story, honestly. Haven't they just got a Halo TV series? Have you watched don't, it? Don't even talk to me about the Halo TV series. Oh, really? Oh, is it bad? <laughs> yeah, you remember the Resident Evil TV series that Netflix done? It, it wasn't bad. It wasn't It wasn't Resident Evil, but it wasn't bad as a TV uh, series. Yeah, yeah. So Halo sits in the same same vein. It's not bad, but it's not Halo. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, the title is the nod to a real place and a real incident. Uh, District 6 was a mixed-race neighbourhood of Cape Town, uh, which the apartheid government demolished in 1996 to make room for whites, which is <laughs> fucking mind-bending that that happened. And if you want to know about apartheid, go and Google it. It was fucking horrific. Um this is the first documentary-style movie to be nominated for a Best Picture Oscar. And deservedly so, I would say. Oh, I agree. Um, the film is banned in Nigeria, 
because the government felt that it portrayed Nigerians as nothing but gangsters and cannibals. And again, that they, they, they actually did. So yeah, they did. <laughs> I, I understand why it's banned. Um, all of the shacks in District 9 were actual shacks that existed in a section of Johannesburg. Um, they evacuated residents and moved them to better government housing. Um, just like the movie, when they agreed to let them film there, they hadn't evacuated any of the people yet. They were still moving people out while this was being filmed. Oh, that's troubling. Mm, very, very troubling. Um, all of the aliens in this are full CGI, except for the ones on the operating tables in the medical lab at the MNU. That's wild, because I just assumed that it was like a bit of both. No, they are all... F- every single every single prawn is a tennis ball on a stick. But that just goes to showcase how well the CGI is done throughout this film, because I, I would have said that it was like half and half. You would have had like Puppet Man and then just a bit of CGI rendering over the top. Nope. All all created pure CGI and they look incredible. Um, all of the aliens were also voiced by one actor, Jason Cope. He done all of the voice acting for every single prawn. And the language, a lot of clicking. Uh, the language is completely made up and every single line is ad-libbed. I don't know if that's worth applauding or not, is it? I, I, I'm not sure, but like, it was like, because you can, like, if you watch this without the subtitles on, you get the gist of what they're saying. So he has put thought into how he's clicking and like humming. I need to watch that version of it to understand whether this makes sense or not. Um, this one I thought was really cool. And this was a director's insistence this has happened. So, you know, when Vickers gets his cake, it's a cake at the MNU facility. The section of the cake he cuts out is exactly the same location that him and Christopher blow a hole in to break into the MNU. Oh, that's cool. Really, really cool. Um, Near the end of the movie, I don't know if you spotted this. I spotted it and then I saw it in facts. Like, oh, that's really cool. Um, When Vickers' wife is saying about the flower that she got, on the mirror behind her, there are ultrasound scans to show that she was pregnant. Oh, no, I didn't pick up on that. And mm. I've seen this film a hundred times. <laughs> yeah. Um, the bit that I'm quite excited for, Neil Blomkamp is making District 10. Yes. It is. It's written. It's done. It's ready. He's got a movie he's making next year. And he has said as soon as it is finished, District 10 is his next project. Yeah, because this has been in the work for some time. We were supposed to get this in like 2018 or something like that. Yeah, he's pleased he delayed it because the advancements in CGI now allow him to make apparently the movie he wanted to make first time round. Yeah, I'm expecting like a full Aliens level movie, invasion kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, did you know Neil Bonkamp was in this as well? No, I didn't. Uh, director cameo when um when they're tracking vickers um he's basically seen saying like for a split second he gives them the coordinates he's the the tech guy who goes he's at blah 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 <laughs> no i didn't think up on that no because uh, neil bloomkamp done in terms of movies he's done like elysium i think yeah. it was I wasn't a massive fan of that, I'll be honest. No, th- this, as far as I'm concerned, is his crowning jewel. Anything yeah. else he's done won't come close. 
But his um, wheelhouse is this sort of sci-fi horror element. Kind uh, of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I as a huge fan of the Halo franchise, I can't tell you how much I would love him to do a Halo movie based on what he'd done with this and the fact that he can... Halo's got a lot of political stuff in it, especially with the alien race, which is the Covenant. There's a lot of political hierarchy within that, and I think he would nail that perfectly. And the action set pieces he's done in this also shows me that he can do the Master Chief and all the big explosions. He would absolutely kill it. And why no one's given him $200 million to go and make the biggest game movie ever, I will never understand. Game movies don't necessarily transition well, I don't think. Five Five Nights at Freddy's done almost half a billion dollars now. I would disagree. They can translate well. Doesn't mean it's a good movie. It was a good movie. Anyway, um, this cost $30 million to make. How much do you reckon it made at the worldwide box office? This was big. <clears throat> yeah, it was. I think this was massive because I remember when this came out, this was like in the prime of my movie-going experiences. Um, I don't know what's big for early 2000, late 2000-ish. Um, 200 million? Close, $241 million. They reckon it done the same again in Blu-ray sales and DVD sales after. How has it taken this long for it to get a sequel? I have no idea. Like, if you've got a movie this successful, studios are normally like, make 11 more. Yeah, and that just worries me with this sequel. Is it going to get the same reception because of being such a long period of time in between? Oh, I, I mean, know. I'll be there to watch it immediately. Oh, if it so- so, well, and if especially if they carry on the story and they can bring back the cast, and it's, I would love it to be, Christopher comes back, but it actually took him twelve years and not three, and he didn't quite yeah. realise, and he comes back to help Vickers. That Vickers the... actually gets his transitional period and becomes human again, but then oh. he's now got a different perspective and he's on the side of the aliens. That would be awesome. Yeah, I'd really, really love that because he spent twelve years stuck in this whole prawn body and living yeah. the life that they. Yeah, and he knows, he knows, he's experienced the trauma that they've gone through. Yeah, give me that, give me that. Yeah, that, that's what I want. Uh, we're going to play an international language game. Um, oh, I'm oh. gonna, I'm gonna try my best to pronounce some words in Afrikaans. <laughs> and, okay, I was worried I was going to come off badly here, but yeah, you're certainly going to come off a lot worse. What Mark is going to do is he's they're going to tell us the English translation of that word. <laughs> it's not very often a game makes you look bad instead of me, but yeah, let's do it. <laughs> uh, the first one is deuce. Two. No, vagina. Close. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the second one is fucking. Okay. No, fucking. Close. Oh. Um, <laughs> blixem. 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 All of these words are actually used in the movie as well. Uh, blixem. Back off. No, it's hit or to hit. Com ne papato. Can you say that again? Com ne papato. Come here now. Close. Come to daddy. <laughs> uh, chop. Uh, chop. <laughs> no, try again. Uh, cut. No, it means idiot. Oh. Toppy. 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 
Why add an accent to it, making it any better? I don't know, but adding the accent actually makes it sound more like what it is. Really? Yeah, kind of. Works. I don't know why you've done it in Italian. It's like, Luigi, it's a dub. I don't know. Why did I go Italian on it? Uh, now when you say it, I would be like, that makes no sense whatsoever. Um, toppy. Ah, oh, mamma mia. Toppy. I have no idea. I, I honestly cannot even think of anything that that would... Uh, means old man. How does that even even add in the Italian <laughs> accent make it sound anything like what you're trying to do? Um, jar. Yes. That is yes. Well done. You got hey, one. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, bless Bock. Bless Bock. This is this is quite apt for you, actually. Bless Bock. You bless Bock. Don't go in there. <laughs> no. Bald Buck. Oh, you nasty, <laughs> nasty man. <laughs> uh, Assie Bleff. Assie Bleff. Assie Bleff. See bleff man. Um uh I see bless. Why do I sound French? I see bleff. Wee wee. Wee wee. Um oh I don't know again. I see bless. I see I see Oh man, I hate this game. I don't like this game. Uh, that one means please. How does that mean please? I don't know. And the last one. Totsiens. Thank you. No, that means goodbye. And it's goodbye for this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Retire this game forever. Yeah. Do not next, like that one. Next week, we have a great game called I'm a Mark, Get Me Out of Here. But stay tuned for that. We'll talk about that when we get to the end of the episode. Um, do you want to take Roundup first or do you want me to dive into it? Mine is brief. I'll I'll go first. I'll go first because I might tangent slightly and you may need to rein me in. Um, So District 9 for me is an incredible, incredible movie. There was things that I went into this movie with before we started the podcast that I had as criticism, such as the transitions from found footage documentary style into um, actual full-fledged production that I had as a criticism on my notes and I was like, it didn't quite understand what it wanted to be, but in hindsight, that's not right. That it it does know exactly what it wanted to be. And it knew how to transition those sequences so well that it flawlessly executes it in a way that is so seamless that you don't even notice it after multiple rewatches like I have done. And it's only become from this watch alone after probably what 10 maybe 15 times of watching this movie that i've picked up on it and it'd been like yeah. oh no it transitions into a full-blown horror movie uh, not horror movie action movie and it expects you to just buy that it's a fan footage movie no it does it purposefully and that's such excellent filmmaking that i can't applaud it enough for doing so and I it found has to that... do it as well it has to do it because it, yeah the footage team to. aren't with him for that that exactly and if you want to scene. tell the story the way that they do in this movie they have to make that transition they implement it so subtly and so flawlessly that again you don't pick up on it like i never did throughout previous watches um cgi flawless i don't even want to dive into it too much because it is just exceptional even today 15 20 years later this film looks magnificent There's and really two- really holds up Two episodes in a row, you've praised CGI. Are you okay this year? 
I don't plan on sticking with it. This is just for now. Okay. Um, I think the, the CGI is fantastic. The practical effects that they use throughout as well, especially within the transition scenes from Vickers, we get brief glimpses of him mutating into a prawn and the stuff that they use to showcase that with practical effects is fantastic. Him as an actor, every time I want to say this actor's name, I immediately want to say Tony Shalhoub, who plays Monk. Um, it's not Tony Shalhoub. No, it's not. Um, um, I'm not even going to try and pronounce his name because I can't. Scott, if you can pull that up on IMDb in the next couple of seconds, that would be fantastic. He is incredible as an actor. He does a film called Open Gear or something like Charito that. Charito Copley. Charito Copley. One of the best actors to come out of South Africa in the last 50 years, in my opinion. He is incredible and does not get the recognition does not get the recognition he deserves. He was Hannibal in the A-Team reboot, I believe. Is it Hannibal? No, he wasn't Hannibal. Was he... No, he was um, uh, Mad Murdoch. Mad Murdoch. Oh. He was Mad Murdoch in the Hannibal remake, and he was... Uh, not Hannibal remake, the A-Team remake. He was fantastic in that. Did that film get a sequel? No, it didn't. And believe it or not, like he'd done a couple of shorts before this, like two short movies, and he had no intention of so like he played a sniper in one, he was a soldier in another, and he had no aspirations to be an actor. And he was asked to do this, and he was like, "Yeah, uh, yeah, okay, I'll do it." But he had no goal of becoming an actor. But he went undone. The A Team, he'd done Elysium, uh, he's done loads of Neil Blomkamp film. Yeah, he was Open in... Grave. Open Grave was one that I was thinking of. Yeah, Maleficent, he was in. He's he's done a lot. I'm just going. I'm just scrolling through his back catalogue now. He's been in lots. Yeah, really, really phenomenal actor. If you haven't seen Open Grave, I recommend you check that out. Especially being horror fans, and um, it's a zombie apocalypse style movie where he wakes up in an open grave surrounded by dead bodies, and then has to figure out why he's. Uh, I won't spoil the ending for you, but it's a fantastic movie. Slow burner, but great nonetheless. And he is at the forefront of the entire film. Um, phenomenal from his part. The only wonky actor that I really have to acknowledge is his wife. Um, I thought she was piss poor and she kind of brings you out of a lot of scenes that she's involved in. Overall, I'm just nitpicking. This is a fantastic movie. I've seen this so many times and I will probably see it so many more times in the future. I love yeah. it. I love everything that it stands for. I love the concept, the idea, the political involvements that it brings to the forefront, whether I understand them fully or not is a different matter, but what it does and what it showcases is great in my opinion. Um, give me District 10 immediately because yeah. I need a continuation for this story. I need to know where this goes. This feels like an induction to a universe. Yeah. And I want to know what comes after. Yeah. So for me, I, I, I can't give it anything less. It's a five out of five for me. And again, I know a lot of people criticize that, but if you follow my review page on Instagram, you will know that I review my movies based on enjoyment. And I had nothing but a good time with this. And it deserves nothing less than a five out of five. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's a fair score. Um, this movie is a cinematic masterpiece, and I don't say that lightly. It's visually stunning. It has an incredible story. It's beautifully directed. The casting is impeccable. Um, I didn't have as many problems with the wife as Mark did, but she is the the weakest element of it. 
I'm amazed it was never sequeled earlier. I'm pleased that it is now going to get a sequel. Um, I hope they stick with this story and they don't branch off and do something else. I'd be disappointed with that. Yeah, um, me too. The CGI is on point, apart from the floating bullet scene. And again, that didn't take me out of the movie. It's just kind of, I went, oh, it's Mortal Kombat Annihilation level CGI. What happened there? It's almost like the CGI guy took a day off and they let the intern do a bit. That's kind yeah, of the vibe yeah, I get. Um, it's not that bad and it's very brief. Yeah, it is very, very brief. Uh, honestly, I love this movie. I fully understand why it was nominated for an Oscar. And if I'm honest, probably deserved to win one, if not multiple Oscars. Um, story writing script for this is impeccable. Um, there's nothing more to say. It's a 4.5 out of 5, and it still hurts scoring out of 5. Yeah, I can imagine it does. What, what's your what's your downgrades on this? Because I uh, can't understand why this hasn't got top marks. It hasn't got top marks because there are elements of the story that I felt they fleshed out too much. So the bits where we get, like, the bit where Vickers escapes and then he's coming back into District 9... The bit where he then goes to sleep and then he gets up in the morning. I found all of that very like, I don't need this. There's there's quite a few bits in this movie where I'm like, I don't need this. You've already explained this to me. And again, with the opening scene. So yours come from pacing slightly. So yeah, you feel like it, there could have been a bit cut from this. I, I think you could cut. Tighter. Yeah, I think you could cut 15, maybe 20 minutes from this. And it would be super tight, super funny. It would still have that slow build at the beginning. You'd still get all the exposition, but I think it would be the the closing segments sort of from when Vickers starts to turn, I feel there's elements they dragged out a bit too much. And then there's elements that I feel they rushed. So like the, the bit with him and Hobbs, that was rushed. Mm. I I wanted that I wanted that showdown between him and Hobbs to be a lot longer. I, I wanted I wanted Vickers to have like a fuck you moment in that and he never gets it. Yeah, I get that. Um so that that is I mean, again, I'm nitpicking, but that's it's just pacing issues towards the end. And they're not bad. I mean the movie's amazing, but I can't give it top marks because at those points I'm kinda going, Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go or going, Oh, oh, why didn't he get like a why didn't he get that redemption moment where he was like, Fuck you, man? Yeah, you see, I'm on a different level to you because the slow pace you get at the beginning, it kind of drip feeds those action sequences for me. Like if you'd have had that moment where you cut from that slow pace to constant action all the way through to the end, it would have felt quite jarring. So for me, those interjecting moments of character development in between the closing two acts kind of feels necessary. Otherwise, it is a... Slow build, 20-minute, 30-minute build-up, and then just boom, 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 boom to the end, which would have been more of a jarring roller coaster experience than having those segments in between. So I get what you're saying, but I, com- I-, I guess that more comes down to preference as a viewer than it does at a fault of the movie itself. So I get what you're saying, and I know yeah. you probably want to give this a top marks anyway. Um, but- because uh, 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 now we we both score out of five. The whole reason behind this is so we can give an average score. So District Nine official score for the You Run podcast is a four point seven five out of five. Banging score. Yeah, and what we're going to do throughout the year, we're going to basically. So obviously, last week we got a four. 
This week is a 4.75. We're going to do a leaderboard. Oh, like come... a Top Gun, uh, Top Gear leaderboard. Yeah. Fast so going come... around the track. Yeah. So come the end of the year, we will be able to tell year. you our, exactly that, our top 10 movies of the year, but that we've reviewed on the show. So Perfect. Yeah. Um, that brings a close to this week. And next week, we are back with a listener request from Randomly Eric. And honestly, it could be the highlight of the entire fucking year. And it is only January. Um, I'm not saying what the movie is. All I'm going to say is Mark is not looking forward to it. And I am so excited. I'm like a kid in a sweetie shop. Mark might not be here next week. That's all I'm going to no, say. Mark will definitely be here. Um, <laughs> if you're not a regular listener, um, and you've you just joined us for this episode. Thank you and hello. Um, we always end the the episode with a movie quote, and it's a, a clue to next week's episode. Anyone who is a regular listener is already bouncing up and down in their seat because they know what's next week. Um, so until next time, Mr. Manley, they kill Mr. Manley in sufficient numbers. I fucking hear you all. <laughs> See you all next week. And oh, before I forget, I'll kill you if this is a joke. You want to die tonight? The You Run Podcast. The You Run Podcast. The You Run Podcast. The You Run Podcast. Why isn't it possible? I can't say nothing. A candy man, I get me. You choose the movies. I had a heart on this morning when I woke up, Tina. Had your name written all over it. You score them. Nice fucking model! You review them. For that, you get the head, the tail, the whole damn thing. Why not, you stupid bastard? My name is very fucking confused. What's your name? Captain Howdy. Don't want to go fooling around other folks' property. Goddamn soul. Disappear. Because after all, this is not our show, this is your show.